We're coming to uh, near the end of our journey through Colossians chapter 3. We've taken quite a lot of time over this passage because it's fundamental to us to how we have healthy spiritual lives. That we put off the old things, the things that take us and tire us down and hold us back in our relationship with God. And we put on all the new things that are going to help us to grow and, and empower us to move forwards. It's like when you uh, dive into a swimming tank and you're full of, got all your clothes on and everything and it holds you down because they get wet and, and they, they you know, pull you down. So you have to take those things off to free yourself so that you can propel yourself forward. And, and maybe as you go in there, then you've got those amazing flippers that you can put on your feet and then you just move really gently and you go propelling yourself forwards. And that's what this passage in Colossians 3 is all about. It's about moving us forwards in a healthy life together. But as we finish off this series, there's a few more things that I want to just share with you from this passage. Some of the verses today, we've, or the verses today we've already looked at. But there's parts in it that I want to just touch on because they're vital for us. I heard about a man who went away at a men's retreat, Christian men's retreat. And this guy went away. He was in his mid-30s. And he was really convicted at the retreat uh, by the, the person talking there. And he never realized, he, he came away thinking, you know what, I never re really told my father how much I love him. So he was determined while he was there to go home and to put this right. So he, as soon as he got back from the retreat, he phoned his parents' house and his dad answered the phone. And he said, hi, dad, it's me. And the dad went, oh, uh, hi, son. Oh, go get your mother. No, 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 no. He said, no, no, I don't want to talk to mom. Not today. I want to talk to you. And then there was a silence down the end of the phone and the father said, you need money or something? Like, what's, what's going on? No, dad, he said, I, I've just been remembering a lot about you. And the things that you did for me when I was growing up. I'm just thinking about all those years that you worked and put food on our table and, and just helped out and the way you supported me through college and the way you keep on supporting. And even though my life is kind of going well now, it's built on the foundation that you put in place all those years ago. And this weekend I've been away and I've been thinking about it. And I've never really said thank you. And there was silence on the other end of the phone. And so the Silences are awkward, right? Particularly on phones. So the son continued and he said, Dad, I want to tell you thanks. And I want to tell you I love you. And finally the dad responded, Son, have you been drinking? You know, today we honor fathers. We honor our Heavenly Father. And we want to say thank you. But thanksgiving is sadly, I think, diminishing in our culture. 
People don't say thank you like they used to. Today we're going to look at the importance of thanksgiving. Because there is power, spiritual power in being thankful. These are the passages we've been looking at over the last couple of weeks. It said in Colossians 3.15, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body you were called to peace. We looked at that. And then what does it say? And be thankful. Verse 16, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with what? Gratitude in your hearts. Verse 17, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, doing what? Giving thanks to God the Father through him. Three verses, 15, 16, 17. Be thankful. Gratitude in your hearts. Give thanks. Thanksgiving is important, is vital. Be thankful, Paul said. That's our aim. That's the aim of every believer is to be thankful. Because thankfulness, as you read through the pages of Scripture, thankfulness is one of the chief characteristics of a believer. Thankfulness. Just think about that. Thankfulness is one of the chief characteristics of a believer. It's what sets us apart from everybody else, is thankfulness. Thankfulness. Colossians is full of it. Colossians 4 verse 2. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Devote yourself. What does it mean to devote yourself? It means you focus on it, right? If you devote yourself to something, you, you, you put energy in, you put effort in, you, you make it a priority in your life. And the word says... Devote yourselves, make a priority about being thankful in your life. Put it as one of your goals every single day. Today, I'm going to be thankful. Colossians 2, 6 and 7, just before the passage we've read. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and what? Overflowing with thankfulness. You know when someone is overflowing with something? You know it's exam time, isn't it? Pray for our young people as they go through a horrendous time a year. You know, at least the weather's not good. That's one blessing. There's nothing worse than exam time and sunshine outside, right? But you know what happens when they get their grades and they've passed and they've got what they needed to get onto the next one? You can't get them to shut up, can you? They're just beaming from ear to ear, strutting about. What's wrong with you? You know the answer. I'm going to uni. I got my grades. Right? And you can tell the ones that didn't. They're hiding behind the pillars and the bins outside. 
Why? Because they're overflowing, right? They're overflowing. You know when somebody comes back from a holiday and they go, let me show you the pictures and like your heart drops. Oh, please, no. Why? Because you know it wasn't three pictures they took for their holiday. It was more like 3,000. And then they go, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I kind of got carried away. And you're like, oh, no, I'm going to have to look at every single one of them. And go, hmm, that's nice. Why? Because they're overflowing with it, right? They're overflowing. That's how we are to be with thankfulness. Look at the person next to you. Go on, stare at them in the face. Are they overflowing with thankfulness? Hmm? Has their face just changed? Are they now looking, trying to look happy? Are they grinning from ear to ear all of a sudden? Because they know, oh, I better put on my thankfuls, look. But did you come in this morning overflowing with thankfulness? Did you come in today? You see, that's what the word says. We need to be overflowing. When you wake up tomorrow morning and you realize it's Monday, are you going to be, when you get out of bed, overflowing with thankfulness? You don't have to answer me. The Lord will take your answer. Thankfulness. Thankfulness is one of the key characteristics of a believer in Jesus Christ. The question is how? How do we do that? Because life, life, life is not always great exam results and wonderful holidays, is it? Life is sometimes Monday mornings when it's raining and you're tired and you know that you've got a busy week ahead of you and Life is sometimes about going to the doctors and you wait for the, or you receive the medical report and it's not good. Life is sometimes where relationships are damaged and they're difficult and stressful. Sometimes life is, is where you don't even believe in yourself as God believes in you. And yet, here I am, staying, be thankful everywhere because that's one of the key characteristics of a believer in Jesus Christ. Sometimes you lose your job or you lose your place where you're working or your house and you don't know where you're going to go. Sometimes things go wrong in our lives and the word says be thankful, be overflowing with thankfulness. Not just overflowing with thankfulness when things are going well, overflowing with thankfulness all the time. How? How do you do that? Because the word doesn't just say put on a brave face and pretend everything's going great. But it does say be thankful in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. How? Firstly, you need to have gratitude in your heart. That's what verse 16 said. Oh. Let the message of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish. We did that last time. Singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Now in the Bible, your heart is what? It's the core of who you are. Not just your emotions. It's what defines you. right? It's your soul, your spirit. It's what makes you, you. That's your heart. So, 
Sing to God with gratitude from the core of who you are. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art. How great thou art. That's, that's gratitude. You sing it out of the core of who you are. Have that gratitude in your heart. And you do that by focusing on who God is, not on your circumstance. There are some circumstances that you find yourselves in that you're not going to be thankful for. I'm not thankful that around the world today there are going to be, I don't know what it is, 35,000 babies that are going to die because they don't have medicine and food. I'm not thankful for that, are you? I'm not thankful that today there's going to be people that are going to die in our world because of conflict. I'm not thankful for a lot of things. Thankfulness doesn't come from there. It comes from focusing on who God is. This is why it's crucial for a believer, right? Why? Because we know who God is, don't we? Don't you? One person does. That's good. Hebrews 12 says, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Just think about who God is. When you read scripture like this, what does it say about who God is? Well, it says, first of all, he's a kingdom bringer, but he's also a kingdom giver. Right? We are going to receive the kingdom that he's bringing. Secondly, or thirdly, the kingdom cannot be shaken. He's a powerful God. That when he brings the kingdom, he brings it and nothing can shake it. Nothing can make it any different to the way that he wants to bring it. So we can be thankful. Also, we have an opportunity to worship God. He's awesome. And so we can worship him in awe. He's reverent. He's set apart. So we worship him in reverence. But we get to worship who God is. We can come into his house and fall down and worship him. Why? Our God is powerful. He's a consuming fire. The things that get in his way, he burns them out of the way. He will accomplish everything he needs to accomplish. When we read scripture like this, think about what it says about who God is. Philippians 4, you know this one. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. What does that say about who God is? Well, one, he is somebody that we can rejoice in, we can praise and we can worship, we can say thank you. I will say it again, thank you God for who you are. Lord, you give your gentleness to me so I can give gentleness to other people. Thank you for that gift. Lord, you're near to me. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Just think about that. The Lord is near. In every situation that you're in, the Lord is near. When you're going through troubling times, the Lord is near. When you're on holiday and having a great time, the Lord is near. Wherever you are, the Lord is never going to be far away. He's right there with you. The Lord is near. He's always by your side. So don't be anxious. So God says, you know what? I'm right next to you so I can take your anxiety away. Trust me. 
Trust me with all your anxious thoughts. Trust me with all your anxieties in life. Trust me. Why? Because I'm right next to you. We're going to walk through this together. I've promised I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. We're doing it together, you and me. In every situation. And what? you know what? God, you, you can, I can talk to you anytime. And why with thanksgiving? Because you're right there. Remember when we talked about being yoked? You're yoked together with the Spirit of God. And so every situation you go through, the difficult situations that life brings, you don't have to say thank you for the situation, but you can say thank you, God, that you're right next to me. Thank you that you're with me. Thank you that we can face this together and I'm not alone. I'm never alone. I'm never on my own. You're there with me. That's why I present them to you, because you're right there next to me. We're yoked, we're tied together. You're pulling the weight. I'm the junior partner in this. And we know that with you, we will get through it. Do you see? Focus on God. Psalm 34, this is a psalm of David. He was going through a horrendous time at this time. You can read the context in the scriptures. But it says, he said these words came out of him while he was going through a time where he thought his life was in danger and he had to feign insanity to try and get out of a situation and everything was going wrong. And he said, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. This is not a beach prayer. This is a prayer in the valley when he's really struggling. I'm going to praise you everywhere. I will glorify the Lord. Look at verse 2. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Not the people that are doing great, but the people that are not doing great. The people that are really struggling. Let them hear. Because I'm one of those people right now. Let them hear and give thanks to God. Glorify the Lord with me. Let's exalt his name together. David knew what it meant to be thankful in all circumstances. How do we do it? Have gratitude in your heart. Focus on who God is. And secondly, focus on what God has done for you. Psalm 34 carries on like this. I sought the Lord, and what did he do? He answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look at him are radiant. Their faces are covered, never covered with shame. Why not? Because he lifts you up. This poor man called, and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. And he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Think about what God is doing, what God has done in your life. So what am I saying? When bad situations, when Difficult situations come in your life. You're not going to thank God for those difficult situations, right? But in the midst of them, you can thank God for who he is, that he is on the throne, that he will never leave you, that he is going to be there with you all the time. That you're not journeying through this on your own. 
that you don't have to go around and try and find friends to come and help you because God is with you through it. And what we need to do in those moments is not so much look at the situation, but look at the one who is with us and give thanks to God. Find a reason to give thanks in those moments. Because so often what happens when we have difficult situations is what? Oh man, I don't know why God allowed this to happen to me. Why? Why would God allow this to happen to me? Why would God do this? I've been trying to serve him. I've been trying to be faithful to him. You know, I, I gave up a good job and I became a pastor. That's, that's, how, that's how good I've been. And Lord, you allow this to happen to me. It's not fair. Sound like a three-year-old, doesn't it? Not fair. Go to your rooms. Not fair. Tidy your rooms. Not fair. But we do it right through life, right? God, it's not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair. Oh, God. And then what do we do? We go to someone else. And we go, you know what? It's not fair. It's not fair, is it? You agree with me it's not fair, don't you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Even though you're shaking your head, I know inside you're saying yes. Of course. And we go around and we tell everybody it's not fair. Why? Because we want sympathy about how bad our life is. Mm-mm. God says, have gratitude. Focus on him. It may not be fair. That's the truth. Life is not fair, right? Whoever said life had to be fair? I don't know where we get that one from. Life is not fair. Why is it fair that we were born and brought up here and not in some other nation of the world where my parents had nothing? Why is it I'm here and I have clothes and a house to live in and a car to drive in? Yet if I was born in an African village or an Asian village, I might not even have parents. When I was in Tanzania, I remember there's a cemetery there. You know the life expectancy in Tanzania? 44. 44. I went to the cemetery where we were working. I didn't see one person in that cemetery over 44 years of age. Life's not fair. Don't tell me life is fair. You haven't got to worry about pension. Not worry about where you're going to live when you get older. If your life expectancy is less than 44 years, you come out of university if you're fortunate enough for the goal. And you have, what, 20 years tops? And then you'll die. Don't tell me life is fair. It's not fair. Life expectancy here is what? Heading up to 80. And as I get older, I keep thinking 80 is young. But that's only because I'm approaching... Life's not fair. And I'm not going to say, thank you, God, that I was born here or born there. Thank you, God, for this. No. But I thank you, God, that you're with people like that. I thank you for who you are. And I thank you that one day life will be fair, but it isn't right now. Have gratitude in your hearts. But the second thing we have to do is to give thanks. Verse 17. It said, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Now, why does it say we have to give thanks? Well, firstly, because giving thanks 
is not natural. What do you have to do when you're a kid? You have to write thank you letters. Why do you have to? Who tells you to write them? Your parents. Why? Because it's not natural. You don't wake up in the morning as a kid. You don't. If I'd have said there's cake at the back, what does a kid do? When I was three years of age, you know what I'd have done? I'd have gone there and stuffed the cake in my face before my parents could take it out of the way. And you jam as much in as you can before they rip it out of your hands because you know that they're going to take it out of your hands if you've had too much cake. So you stuff it in your face as quick as possible, right? Trust me, I'm not the only one. I can tell by your smiles. And what do you do as parents? You say no and they take no notice. And then what do you do if you allow them to have it? You say, you've got to say what? Thank you. Before that, you have to say, please. Now, why? Why at every moment do we think this is a teaching moment as a parent? Because it doesn't come natural to the kids, does it? They just say, oh, I like that. I want it. I'm going to have it. Boom. And we go, uh-uh-uh. Say please. Say thank you. Please and thank you. Please and thank you. And what happens for the next 50 years of your life, your parents will continue to tell you, say please and thank you, please and thank you. And even when you're grown up and you go around to your mother or your father's house, if they're still around, and you dare to try and take something without saying please and thank you, what will happen? They'll slap you on the wrist and they'll say, uh, 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 that's not the boy I rose, raised when I was younger. What have you forgotten? Please and thank you. That's better. Right? Why? Because it's not natural. It is not natural for us to be thankful. So we have to be intentional if we're going to have thanksgiving as part of our life. It's not natural for us to look to God when hardship comes. Natural thing is to grumble and complain. That's natural. So we need to be different. So we have to be intentional and say, you know what? I am called to be thankful. So even though I'm not going to be thankful about the negative thing that's happening in my life, I will find something to be thankful, someone to be thankful for. I will be honest, but I will be thankful. I will be intentional about it. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, terrible verse of scripture, isn't it? Give thanks in when? I didn't hear you. Turn to the person next to you and say, give thanks in. Point at them in the face and say, give thanks in. Isn't that a terrible verse of scripture? It's horrendous, isn't it? I don't like it, do you? Yeah. For this is what? Oh, it gets worse. It's not even a suggestion, is it? This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So whether you're having a good day or a bad day, what have you got to do? Give thanks. Why? Because it's intentional. Whether things are going really well or they're going really badly and they're just plummeting, what do you got to do? Give thanks. Whether you get the grades that you need or you don't get the grades, what do you have to do? Give thanks. When you get kicked out of your house and you become homeless, what do you have to do? When you don't get the visa that you wanted to get, what do you have to do? 
When you don't get the pay rise that you were hoping for, what do you have to do? When you get in trouble with your spouse, what do you have to do? Hitting home, hitting home. <laughs> in all circumstances. That's the bit that killer, isn't it? I'll take that bit out. Give thanks when I feel like giving thanks. Uh-huh, I can do that. Tick me off, Jesus. Give thanks in all circumstances. And again, for this is God's will. This is what he wants for you. Oh, man. You have to be intentional. So in every moment, you need to be sitting there thinking, you know what, I've got to give thanks. Which means I have to find something, someone in this situation to give thanks for. Even when it's going wrong. Even when I've messed up and it's gone pear-shaped. Lord, I'm still going to thank you. Why? Because you ask these two questions. Is God in control? Yes or no? Is he? Yes. Second question. Do all things work for the good of those who love the Lord Jesus? Romans 8.28. Is that true or not? True. I don't understand it. I'll put my hand up. I have no idea what it's talking about really, right? In the sense that I don't know how God is going to turn things around sometimes and work them for good. I don't have all the answers. But I trust in the promise. And therefore, regardless of my circumstances, I can still give thanks. Because somehow, God is in control. And somehow, things are going to turn around in a way that I don't even understand. You know, just think back in our, in our world for a moment. When we were growing up, think about the world that we grew up in. There was the Berlin Wall that we thought that would never come down. And yet one day, out of the blue almost, something happened and it came down. There was apartheid in South Africa that we thought would always remain, and yet somehow, in some way, it changed. There was the East-West kind of about a Cuban missile crisis and about to push the button and the whole world go kaboom, and yet somehow it was averted. Like our world changes in such a way, doesn't it? That we look at it and we go, you know what? I don't know. ISIS came on the scene and we thought they were going to be here for forever. Maybe later. I mean, I'm not saying it's all finished, but the world changes. Maybe, just maybe, there might be a resolution of Brexit somehow. I don't understand it. But you know what? God is in control. And somehow things work out. So we give thanks in spite of our circumstances. It needs to be intentional. And it needs to be practiced. Why did your parents keep saying, please, thank you, please, thank you, please, thank you? Why? Because they knew that with the practice over time, it would get ingrained in you. And then if you've had kids, what did you do? Exactly the same thing to yours. It needs to be practiced. Anything you do intentionally, you need to practice it. There's a wonderful passage in Daniel chapter 6. This is where King Darius, Persian king, 
And the satraps and the leaders want to get rid of Daniel because he's favored. And so what they do is that they, they say, well, how can we get rid of this guy? They're jealous of him. So they decide to go to the king and they say, king, I want you to issue a decree that over the next 30 days, the only prayer that is allowed is prayer to you because you're the king. And in those days, kings were like deity. And they elevated themselves like that. And the king went, oh, yeah, that's pretty good. Boost his ego. So he passed this thing. So what did Daniel do? Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. Now, when Daniel heard the decree had been published, what did he do? He went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees, that's morning, afternoon, and evening, and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he'd done before. Daniel was a good Jew. And every Jew would pray three times a day, in the morning, the afternoon, and evening. And part of their prayer, at each time in the day, they would say 19 thank yous to God for different things. Right? So what did he do? When he heard this terrible decree had been passed, what did he do? He did what he always did. He went home, he opened his window, he faced Jerusalem, and he said his daily prayers. He said, thank you, God. 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 You imagine 19 times in the morning, 19 times at lunchtime, 19 times in the evening. He would say, thank you, God, every single day of his life. In fact, on the Sabbath, four times. There's an extra slot. And so when trouble comes, what did Daniel do? He did what he always did. It was part of who Daniel was. You want to know why God used Daniel? Because this is part of him. He had thankfulness practiced in his life. Day after day after day after day, three times every single day, 19 times every single time. So that's 50 what? 57 times a day minimum, he would say thank you to God. And so when trouble comes, what does he do? Thank you, God. I'm going to say it again. Thank you, God. And then he gets into trouble. Lion's den and all that jazz. And God rescues him. You want to know why? Because he had thanksgiving in his heart. That's why. It has to be practiced. It doesn't happen any other way. You need to get up every single day. I need to get up every single day and say, God, today I'm going to focus on saying thank you as many times as I can. Thank you. I'm going to look for ways to say thank you. Thank you to you. Thank you, God, for who you are. I'm going to think of some of your attributes. Do you know how many attributes or how many names there are of Jesus in the Bible? 256 different ways that Jesus is described in the Scriptures. Why? Because that's how big Jesus is. Can't put him in one name. So Jesus, thank you for who you are. You're the King of Kings. You're the Lord of Lords. You're the Prince of Peace. You're the Alpha, the Omega. You're the Great I Am. You're the Good Shepherd. You're the Gate. You know, and you, you're the True Vine. So many different ways you can practice saying thank you to God. And out of that thanksgiving of God, say thank you to other people. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for who you are. Thank you. Thank you for getting us coffee this morning. Thank you for bringing cake. Thank you for just being who you are. Thank you. In your marriages, constantly say it to one another. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for those small things that you do. Thank you for doing that. 
Practice it. When you're at work, say thank you. Thank you for what you're doing today. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. Find ways. Look for things where you can give thanks in honesty and in integrity. Don't make it up. But find, look for things where you can give thanks. With your children, give thanks. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for, you know, I love you. Thank you so much. Maybe they'll say, are you drunk? Like, what's going on? Why are you different? Find ways to say thank you for who they are, what they are. And lastly, why is it so important? Well, it's so important because first we're commanded to do it. We've looked at this one horrible verse, 1 Thessalonians 5.18. It's God's will for us. He said, this is what I want you to do. Commanded to do it. But also because it expresses our faith. In Luke 17, this is the story of the, uh, the ten men that had leprosy. Do you remember? And Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest. And they went, showed themselves to the priest, and then one of them came back. They were cleansed. One of them came back, verse 15, Luke 17, 15. And he saw he was healed. He came back praising God, saying thank you to God in a loud voice. And he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, we're not all ten cleansed. Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? And then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. There is a link between your faith and thanksgiving. You want to tell, you want to look at someone and see how strong their faith is? Look at how, how they are praising others. How they are at giving thanks. Giving thanks to God and giving thanks to other people. That's how you can tell their faith. If they're grumbling and complaining all the time, they haven't got great faith. If they're giving thanks to God in all circumstances, you can tell what level of their faith is. There is a link that Jesus says between giving praise and their faith. Why, why did he say this of that one leper? Because this leper had faith expressed itself in thanksgiving. Thankfulness expresses our faith. Also, thankfulness grabs heaven attention. In Acts 16, Paul and Silas, they're in prison. What do they do when they're in prison? What would you do if you were in prison? I won't ask if anybody's been in prison lately. Some questions you don't want to know the answers to. Huh? You'd read books. You know what Paul and Silas did? They praised God. They sat there and they went, you know what? We're going to thank him in all circumstances for this is God's will in Christ Jesus. And about midnight, because they couldn't sleep because the bedding wasn't that great, non-existent, they started singing and praising God and praying. And what happened? The other prisoners were all going, this is a bit unusual. Never had a bit of a worship meeting in prison before. What's going on? Then what happened? There was a violent earthquake and the doors flew open and the chains fell off. Now, what do you think the correlation is between their giving thanks to God and the violent earthquake and the doors flying open? Do you think that God would have done that if they'd have been in there going, Silas, 
I don't know why God's doing this to us. This is just outrageous. Here we are serving God and this is what we end up like. This is appalling. This is pathetic. I think we're going to change religions. We're not going to do this anymore. This is, this is all the things we get. Here we are faithfully following Jesus Christ and we end up in prison. Are you kidding me? This is not supposed to happen this way. Do you think the prison would have... No. God would have said, you know what? I think it's best if we just leave them there. Because they're not going to be great for the kingdom. Let's just leave them. Shh. You see the difference? Thankfulness grabs heaven attention. As soon as you start praising God in the midst of struggles, heaven goes, now there's someone I can flow through. Look at them. Because thankfulness adds divine power. Acts 5. The disciples, they're out preaching, praising God in this temple and the Sanhedrin don't like it. The leaders of the temple, they pull them in and they cross-examine them and they can't find any reason really. But what do they do? It says the apostles left the hand Sanhedrin where they beat them up a little bit and they flogged them and they say, don't, don't teach this nonsense anymore. And the word says the apostles left the Sanhedrin doing what? Rejoicing, giving thanks to God that they've just got beaten up that they've been counted worthy to suffer disgrace for the name. And day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stop teaching or proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. What do you think the results were with that? You know what happens? 6-1. It says in those days when the number of disciples was doing what? Increasing. A bit further down in 6 verse 7. So the word of God spread the number of disciples in Jerusalem did what? Increased rapidly. And even a large number of priests, the ones that had put them into prison in the first place, became obedient to the faith. Why? Because they saw in the disciples people who were praising God in spite of circumstance. And when you praise God, when you give thanks to God, the power of God has an opportunity to flow through you. In a way that is not true when you don't. Complaining brings weakness. My favorite verse of the day. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do you know what the next verse says? Do not quench the spirit. What's it saying? It's saying if you give thanks in all circumstances, what's going to happen? The divine power of God will be flowing through you. But if you don't, what are you doing? You're quenching the spirit of God. Effectively, what it's saying is that when you give thanks to God, regardless of your circumstance, when you find ways in which to say, thank you, God, for who you are. Thank you for Jesus Christ, for what you have done for me. Thank you in this circumstance. I don't understand it. I don't like it, but I'm going to thank you. I'm going to find ways of giving thanks. And my life is going to be overflowing with thanksgiving regardless of my circumstance, regardless of what's going on around me, regardless of what I see around me, because I'm looking to you, 
When you do that, you open up the channel of God's grace. You open up the ability for the Spirit of God to flow through you and to transform your circumstance. But if you, in those circumstances, look at them and start mumbling and groaning and complaining, Lord, oh, I don't know why would you do this? Why, why is this happening to me? This is not fair. This is this. This is that. What are you doing? You strangle. You squeeze. You, you pull and tighten the ability of the Spirit of God to flow through you. I've never seen a complaining believer that's on fire that's transforming anybody. Have you? Doesn't happen. There's no spirit flowing through them because they're strangling it themselves. The spirit's still going, I want to flow. But what comes out of their mouth comes from where? Their hearts. And when they're complaining, what are they doing? They're quenching the spirit. The spirit's transformation within them, the spirit's ability to flow through them. That's why this is so, so important. Be thankful. Have gratitude in your hearts. Give thanks. What about you? This week, we have an opportunity, don't we? Today, we have an opportunity. Your circumstances might be tough, but you have an opportunity whether you're going to comment on your circumstance or give thanks to God. If you're brave enough this week, ask people around you, people at work, people at home, Ask them what they see in you, whether you're thankful or not. Get them to give you an honest assessment. Because I bet you we'll, we'll say we're more thankful than we truly are, or we truly show. Ask them, do you think I'm a thankful person? Do I give thanks enough? Ask them. Be prepared for the answer, mind you. But ask them. And ask God, Lord, I want to have the Spirit of God flowing through me. So in spite of everything, I want to be a thankful person. I want to be overflowing with thanksgiving. I want to be showing the world who you are in me. Make me thankful. I heard about a little boy who was asked to say grace at the mealtime. They brought the meal out. His plate was placed in front of him and he looked down. And then he bowed his head to pray and he said, Lord, I don't like the look of this. But I'll thank you and I'll eat it anyways. Sometimes, Lord, we don't like the look of what we see around us. Life is tough. But we'll thank you.
and we'll journey on anyways. Lord, get our focus right, I pray, that we may radiate thanksgiving and joy because of our relationship with you. For we pray this in the name of Christ.